Hi guys. Hi hi. Um, so this particular episode is going to be so short. Um, but there's a reason why we're doing this. We're doing this because um, uh, you know, you gave feedback and now we're responding. So certain people reached out and they gave their feedback and i'm so happy i'm so glad i'm so grateful to you guys for actually voicing this out you know you know i asked the question but i didn't know that it wasn't explained to the listeners beyond reasonable doubt and so um i'm actually referring to the first episode we released in this season which is um the commentary on first john chapter one uh you know and our very amazing speaker you know really edified us you know explained a lot of things you know in that episode but then some people reached out and they commended the episode and as well they gave feedback that the question i asked at the end you know an answer wasn't provided uh beyond reasonable doubt they still were not convinced and they felt like um the points could have been further you know elaborated or explained beyond doubt because it still was not so certain it still wasn't sure it still wasn't concrete and so to that um you know thankfully the speaker was so graceful and he actually took the feedback and so we are here today because of your feedback and this is why your feedback is so important please we are doing this to edify you and so if you have questions as a result of the episodes please ask the speakers are always ready to come back and to give um you know and to give an explanation and to answer all your questions really that's our purpose for doing this you get so yeah so we're here today to explain that particular scenario to answer that particular question how do well you know how can you explain to us, us that hey god <laughs> h factor is that you no no you in jesus name amen <laughs> so how can you explain to us beyond reasonable doubts you know that you know that part of the script that part of scripture was it for believers was it for unbelievers and you know how were you so sure that you know they are going to read that part to unbelievers and all of that so yeah over to you please <laughs> all right so the question um thank you very much uh bad bad manners thank you very much <laughs> yeah, well, um i i received a lot of feedback in that regard as well mm-hmm. from people who you know knew me personally yeah all right and that's one of the major reasons why um i i need us to actually address yeah it. okay um so the question specifically talks about how you know, John had written the letter, all right? Mm-hmm. And remember I said he actually wrote the entire letter to believers. Remember, I remember saying, you know, he wrote it to the believers in Asia Minor, all right? Yeah. So the question is, how were, you know, how was it going basically to reach these false teachers? Yeah. You know, how were they going to, you know, learn or, you know, change? And remember I said, these, these are false teachers. These are antichrist people who were in opposition to yeah, Christ, yeah. right? And there is a Bible way. There is a Bible way to handle false teachers. There is a Bible way. Paul gives us, you know, the Bible way to actually handle these people in the book of Titus. Mm-hmm. All right. There is a bit of the, the same principle. John used it. And we're going to see that, right? Okay. But let's just let's just go 
um, he guides us. This is so important. How do we handle false teachers? Titus chapter chapter one. In just seven verses, Paul actually taught us how to handle them. Um remember if you are there. Okay, yeah, I'm close. After second Timothy, it's Titus. Titus chapter one from verse ten to sixteen. I'm there. It says, "Okay, you are there." Yeah, for there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, mm. especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, who subvert who subvert whole households, teaching things that ought, they ought not, for the sake of dishonest gain. Mm. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, "Cretans." are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, mm. not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelievers, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. Mm. They profess to know God, but in works, they deny him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Now, this was more specific in the context, you know, to the false teachers who were trying to make Gentile believers practice Jewish laws. This was more specific to that, to that context. But it also applies to false teachers generally. How do you handle them? Right? And there are three, there are three ways, you know, that I've identified for we to actually handle false teachers in our time. This is so important because we are going to meet these people at some point, okay? Mm -hmm. So number one is you recognize them. Paul said in, where we just read, Titus chapter 1, verse 10 and 11 says, well, there are many subordinate, both idol talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert households and teaching things which they ought not for the sake of this honest gain. So how do you recognize them? You look at their motives their motives, right? Mm -hmm. And then, not just that, you recognize them by arming yourself with sound doctrine. Remember, we read in First John chapter 4, verse 1, when John actually said, test the spirits. Yes. So he is giving you an instruction to actually, you know, do your best in recognizing these guys. So he said in First John chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit for test the spirit. He says, whether they are of God. He says, test the spirit, whether they are of God. He says, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So recognize them. Recognize mm -hmm. them. That's so important. All right? And then yeah. number two is to what? Is to rebuke them. Mm -hmm. Number two is to rebuke them. Rebuke them. Back to Titus. Back to Titus chapter 1, verse 13. I believe it's 13. That was one verse 13, yes. He says, this testimony is true. Remember, what was the testimony is talking about? You know, people who were teaching things that they ought not for dishonest gain. Mm. All right? Mm -hmm. Verse 13 now says, this testimony is true. Therefore, do what? Rebuke them sharply. Specifically, again, this was um, for the elders of the church in that time to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and remember, there are specific, there are things that are more the present for you to qualify to be an elder in the mm -hmm. church. First Timothy 3 covers that Titus 1, the early earlier verses of that same you know, chapter. 
also teaches that you know he must be apt in teaching he must understand the gospel yeah. and all those fundamental things okay yeah. so number two is to what rebuke them is to rebuke them and that's another reason why you know john wrote that letter to actually show you <laughs> that this is wrong all right yeah. to actually show you you know that this is wrong and the most important thing is number three it says number three is to resist them is to resist them and how do you resist them you know the word by knowing the word mm. you know remember he said that's the spirit let's read it in version four verse two of first john chapter four um covers this point first john four verse two verse one says there's the spirit right yeah. and verse two now says he says by this you know the spirit of god Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Alright? And you need to know that. How? They have been taught, of course. Alright? They need to know that. Oh, someone comes and tells you, um, Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh. You say, oh no, that cannot be true. Because you have studied the word. You have read the word. Because you have studied the word and you have read the word. And how else do you resist them? By contending for the faith. By contending for the faith. In Jude verse 3, we see that almost similar to what happened during mm. the time of John, you know, um, during during the time John wrote this letter, I beg your pardon, you know, Jude also said something similar. Look at what he said, verse 3 of Jude. He said, Beloved, while I was diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting to exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the dead. So you now have to ask yourself why. Why am I being instructed to contend for the faith? Verse 4 now says, For certain men, remember, false teachers, false teachers, it says, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny. Oh God, this is so powerful. Mm. It says, And deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. What was, what is similar to what happened in the time of John? These are the same people who denied that Jesus Christ has come in his flesh. Mm. So he's saying the same thing here in Jude, that some people have come in, you know, and are actually turning the grace of God into lasciviousness or lewdness. Mm -hmm. He says, and are denying the Lord Jesus. Hmm. And then what was the cure for that? He told them in verse 3. He says, I initially wanted to write to you about our common salvation. But I had to change my mind because we need to adjust, contend for the faith. He hmm. says, defend the faith. So this is where aggressive evangelism comes in. You know, this is where, you know, proper, proper evangelism comes in. Hallelujah. This is, this yeah. is so important. So three ways you can actually handle false teachers. Number one is to recognize them. You recognize them, you know, by their motives. Mm -hmm. they are many, many times they are doing this for personal interest and not for the interest of God and his kingdom. Yeah. Many times. All right. So you recognize them. Number two is, is to rebuke them. Is to rebuke them. And number three is to resist is to resist them. Mm. You resist them by knowing the word. In fact, in the same first John chapter 2 and um, verse 14, first John 2, verse 14, this is what um this is what John said concerning the believers there, the young believers there. 
first John 2 was, he says, I've written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. He says, I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. So how will you resist them? Because you, you allow the word of God to abide in you. Let the word of, of Christ dwell in you. All right? Mm-hmm. That's so important. These are, this, this is basically the major way to actually handle this false teacher. If all these things are in place, you'll be able to manage yeah. them. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, you know, you know how Paul said, um, you know, rebuke them strongly, you know. Yes. And so, so if I'm understanding you, I want to be sure that we're on the same page now from what I was understanding. Yes. You know, if I'm understanding you, you were trying to explain to us that. So in First John, Paul was literally educating the believers through his letters so that they could actually go out and rebuke and warn the false teachers with the knowledge that they had been equipped with. Right? Exactly. Because the letters were directly written to believers. But in First John 1, he was not specifically talking about believers. Okay. Okay. Does it make sense? Yeah. So he wasn't talking about believers, but it was written to believers to be read to unbelievers, right? Hmm. Uh, not exactly, but okay, but if you get the point. But okay, so from my beginning point, when I talked about how Paul was writing to equip them, because from where you read in Titus, right? Yeah. Titus, he said, he said. He said, um, wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound yes. in the faith. So now yeah. Paul, this was an instruction that Paul was giving, you know, on how to handle false teachers that like you have said, right? Yes. And so now can we say like, did, are we devising properly? If we say that from your explanation, you are saying that Paul actually I mean, not Paul, John in this case, wrote that letter to the believers to instruct them, to make them knowledgeable the errors in what the false teachers were saying so that they could warn them with the right doctrine. Oh, awesome, awesome. That is is much clearer. Guys, I believe that this has answered our question. I believe that, I mean, it has answered mine. I really, really hope. It has answered yours but if it hasn't if you still have more questions please ask us as you know now we will go the extra mile we are willing to we're willing to battle it out until it's clear you know but i believe this yeah. is this is so profound this is so great thank you so much you know i never even saw this so i've learned something today as well you know so thank you thank you so much yeah. for your time thank you for your effort thank you for receiving the feedback and for actually doing good with it thank you so much all right Thank you so much, Lemma, for all having right, me once all again. Right, all right, all right, all right. You're welcome. All right, guys. Bye. You see all the things we do because we love you and we want you to grow. We want you to grow in your work with God, you yes. know, you know, through the study of the word, you know. So, yeah, you know, until next time, we love you. Make sure you listen to other episodes. And just in case this is your first episode, there is actually a full exposition on First John 1 that you should be listening to before you listen to this. So if you listen to this, it's fine. Just go back, listen to that, you know, and just continue listening to all our episodes. <laughs> until next time. Bye.